everyone, this is Jeff Stevens, and this is the Creative Stick Up. Um, how's it going? Welcome to today, wherever you're listening to this. Glad you are. A few weeks ago, I went to a Javier Mendoza show uh, at the Way Out Club. It was his birthday. It was also my birthday. And, and as part of this experience, a man was doing a painting in the corner, and it was kind of a, a thing in a packed club to have an artist sitting there doing some painting. And I had asked someone who this guy was, and they knew him. And I was like, heard a little of his story, and I'm like, I've got to have this artist on my show. And so we've got Kababi Bayak today. Um, so welcome. Thank you. Yeah, how are you? I'm great, man. Yeah, is is uh, the have you done rock and roll painting before? Was there something to doing a painting during a show, or is that just a one off kind of experiment? Not painting at several shows. Um, I paint live all the time, but yeah, maybe third concert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you paint live, obviously. I do. Yeah. Is that is that a uh, thing? Is that how you learned and and? Uh... You know, I, no. I worked at Six Flags in my twenties, and that allowed me to. Pretty much not worry about drawing in front of people. Yeah. And I think that made it easy. And then I don't know how I got into painting live. I, I used to be with Art Dimensions and we had events and it just slowly became. I mean, it's not my, not one of my titles, but yeah. anybody asks, I, you know, I do it, you know, easily. Does the, and we'll get into, yeah, I'd love to, because I, I think I'd love to talk about what you are and what you're about right now, because it's after doing a little research, you have a broad and interesting <laughs> uh, philosophy about you, about the power of art and all that stuff. But just as a specific point, is does painting to a rock and roll show help the art? Is there something you take from that that made the work? You know, I love live music. Yeah. So I think it made it a lot easier to just keep painting and not worry about, you know, yeah, not worry about how it was going to turn out. I'm yeah. just enjoying the vibe, and you know, just and just trust it. Yeah, and it's going to work out. But yeah, to hear music, just to have that soundtrack there, because I usually have music on while I'm painting. But they actually have the band there and I look over and just take a look and catch them, you know, looking at each other and smiling, cracking up, and talking to the audience. Yeah, it's cool. Just added to the experience. That's awesome. Yeah. And did you know Javier? Did you know it was his birthday? Did you paint that for his birthday? I knew it was his birthday. Yeah. I didn't paint that for his birthday. Uh, he asked me to come paint. Because we had just done a show um, a few weeks prior where he had all my art on a screen behind him and he was doing, it was a benefit concert and I painted a painting that night and he said, I'm going to do it again. I'm coming back. It's going to be my birthday. Would you do it yeah. during a rock and roll show? And I was like, of course. That's awesome. And so there it is. There it is, man. So you, you, uh, I want to talk about your wife and your enterprise with the cafe, right? Uh, sweet art. If you, if people out there visited, and I knew of the cafe, yep. um, without and didn't know that that was one of your or just you know endeavors, I guess. Yeah. One of your wife's endeavors. But the thing that was struck me when I had uh, looked you up was this thing you did in 2012, and just sort of this idea of um, using art to show off fatherhood. I guess, and you decided in 2012 that you were going to paint a painting a day, yeah, every day, every day, for 365 days, yeah, about family fatherhood, and these these are amazing. You can go see this. I'll post your website, um, and it's all up there, and it's truly incredible. Yeah. So tell me about where that came from, and just what you learned, and and going through that. You know, I've been real stubborn in my adulthood, and only wanting to paint. You know, if I'm going to need any kind of money, I got to figure out how to do it with my art. Okay. Which is, you know, being good and bad, you know. Yeah. But. So you have you had set out to say, I am I have got to I'm make it as an artist. I'm an artist. That's what I do, man. Period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
It just doesn't always work out, <laughs> you know, especially when your family needs. Um, so, you know, I wasn't, yeah, I just wasn't selling a lot. I just tried art fair scene that, that year that didn't go well. And, you know, it was, it was November or almost December and just said, man, I got to figure something out. I was like, and are you working at other places trying to figure out if you're going to dedicate yourself to this? Or oh, no, no, no. You're in. I'm in. I've and been like, in for 20 years. Yeah. Okay. And I've got, and this is one of those times where I've got to make this happen. This is a dead space right now. And yeah. I'm never bringing any money in. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What can I do? Didn't have any commissions on, on, on the line. So I was, I had to do something. So figured out I use Facebook and post something every day. And, mm hmm. Possibly sell it every day if you know if it's the right price and I can create a cool enough piece. I'm pretty sure I could sell. It. I got enough people watching me. Yeah, yeah. And so you already had the audience built a little bit. I had a little bit of an audience. Yeah. yeah. You know, you didn't know. I was all trust and faith and hope and and, but, and the idea of uh, moments of fatherhood every day. Every day. And feeling passionate about that. Where did where did that come from? I guess just as the experience you brought to that. Well, at first the theme wasn't. I didn't know what the theme was going to be. You know, a lot of people love my music images, so I could easily. Did 365 days of guitarist, you yeah, know, yeah, which would have been cool. That's still pretty. We fun. can do that next year. <laughs> Great, <laughs> that'd be kind of dope, actually. That would be. Um, and just, yeah, just. My wife told me, you, you know, you always wanted to do this theme of fatherhood, so make that, you know, your theme and do it before somebody else does. And, and I was like, you're right. So I was like, all right, that'll be the theme, and came up with 365 days of dad as a title. Yeah, and just dove in. So. Yeah, and and you were a father, obviously. Yeah, you got three, children. Many, three children. And yeah. how old were they at the time? At the time, so my daughter's 16 now, so she was 12. Okay. And then the other two were 10 and 7. Okay. And, or and, 9 and 7, yeah. Yeah. And you had to come up with a thought of, I mean, I can't imagine paint, because when you go online and look at these, these are beyond caricatures. Yeah. <laughs> these are full on paintings. Yeah. Full color. And your style, to me, mixes realism and caricature. There's some moments yeah. that look kind of cartoony and some moments that are. Very realistic. Yeah, and incubistic, and you got everything in there, man. Yeah. You got a little bit of everything in there. Yeah. But they, I wouldn't say you look at these and look at them as quick sketches. These look like Which finished. Which should have been, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 365 days in a row, you're up finishing one oh, of these. Oh, man. Yeah, a full piece, yeah. Yeah, a full piece. Yeah. What? I mean, were there days where you're like, what? And yeah. <laughs> like that. And luckily, early on, I asked people to send photos. You know, because there's no way I'm going to come up with all these images. So okay. most of them are our awesome. families. Okay. That send in photos. And, and, and in the beginning, they were just sending them in, and I was hoping to paint and sell to somebody, not necessarily that family. Yeah. And then it immediately turned into, hey, I want to get a certain day. I want to go ahead and lock mine in. Can I send you the money? And, and I was like, sure. Yes, you can. And that opened another gate, and it just went crazy, man. And That's awesome. So yeah. the whole in enterprise was profitable. Yeah, it was profitable, yeah. Good. And and uh, it got a lot. I mean, it was a, yeah, I had read and saw a lot of stories written about it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. It was cool. It was cool. And so then after that, so you've got the tattoos. Did you have these tattoos on your arm that talk about fatherhood? I saw it on the back, Dad 365. I got that after I started. Yeah. After you started, I okay. I myself with the title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I had the Dads Don't Babysit. I already had it. Dads and Don't Babysit. This, this inspired the... The fact that there are no moms in any of the paintings, so it's just it's all dad time. Yeah. yeah, and and to you was that important? Did you see that dads were getting? I guess perceptually, we don't get as much props of what we, you know, as fathers can do. Or did you? Were you trying to obviously change the perception of what you felt people were thinking of dads, or or making? Yeah, just getting rid of the temporary caregiver title. You know, yeah, that we're just there sometimes. You know, just, <laughs> right, just, you know, 
you know, hanging out as opposed to, you know, this is actual quality deep time, you know. Yeah. That's crazy. So let's go back. I would love, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the sweetheart thing, but I'd love to go back and just hear, are you from here? How did you get your start in all this stuff? Well, found Illinois. Okay. That's where I grew up. Okay. Um, went to BAC at the time, SWIC now. What's uh, BAC's? Southwestern Illinois College. It was Belleville Area College. Okay. Um, so I graduated there and that, they, the counselor hooked me up and I went to Grambling in Louisiana. Okay. Historically black college. And then Graduated there, hung out for a year, and came back here in 96. And, yeah, stayed with my mom in Old Fallon for a minute, and then that didn't work out. So she put me up downtown St. Louis in a, the um, Leather Trade building. Okay. You know, I was technically studio slash living there yeah. before it's the cool so office you, it is now. So. <laughs> This is pre-redevelopment. This is pre. Yeah, it was just a, it was just a space. Yeah, and I just found a bid, and yeah, it was just made it happen. So you were literally living the art, artist's lifestyle. I was the poor, was, starving artist. Oh, completely. <laughs> Worked at Union Station. Did uh, you? And when did you decide you were going to be an artist? Is this in Grambling? Okay. Yeah, in college. One day, it just was like I'm doing this. That's what I do, man. Yeah. This is what I do, and it's never changed. <laughs> no. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're here in St. Louis, living, starving. I was, yeah. Starving your butt off. Yeah. And and was there your style, who did you influence to get, you know, who did you respect and love and look at and think? Early on, like the Diego Rivera, Charles White, you know, those those muralists mm-hmm. with the big hands and, the, you know, that's kind of the style that I really was into and looking at a lot. Uh, of course, we didn't have Instagram at the time. And, um so pretty much there. That's where it started. Yeah. And from there, I don't know, doing caricatures. Yeah. Uh, once I got into that whole world. Um, so you got a job at Six Flags? Yeah. When I worked at Union Station, there was or a Union Station. caricature booth down t- downstairs. Okay. And Richmond Illustration is the the title, the, the company that owns the booth. And they also own the booth in Six Flags. Okay. You know, Tom Richmond is his name. And one of the character artists saw me doing portraits upstairs at the gallery I was working at in Union Station. And told me the season was about to start. He's like, you know, in a scene you draw, I think you can do it. You should come check out a gig. And the gallery was about to close down. Yeah. So I was about to be out of a job anyway. And I was like, man, this, I will take. I've this. never done a character. Yeah. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. Were you were you fast already, or did that teach you? Oh no, not at all. How to how to be speedy? Like um, how long? Actually, how long? <laughs> yeah. How long do you have to do a character? Like, what's the? Yeah, you want to get them. You want to definitely get them under 10 minutes because you got somebody sitting there and they're six flags. They don't want to sit long for a drawing. Right. They're only paying seven bucks, seven to 20. I can't remember how it worked, broke, broke down, but. Right. Um, yeah. I'm super fast now, but back then, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how long it was taking. But. Yeah. It it was a different learning curve. You learn there. So right. in the very beginning, it was terrible. <laughs> and and once the park opens, like you're on the, it's full on on. the spot training. And yeah. That was terrifying, man. It was very uncomfortable. Was it? It was. Uh, so you, do you remember your first day of just like struggling through oh, this day? Funny. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was long days. Yeah. Just yeah. Just figuring out how it works. Figuring out the airbrush. Yeah. I was just and then watching the guys next to you are killing it because yeah. they've been out there for years and yeah. everybody lines up after them and is anyone I want you to draw them. Is anyone helping you? Are these are these guys helping you? They're just like oh, here's a, a new sheet of paper to take home and yeah. look at and you know, here's how you do characters go go practice and yeah yeah so you do that and then of course you go home at night just get entertainment magazines and find faces yeah and just try to find some style yeah and you get good at home but once you go back out there it's like um, muscle memory 
you immediately start drawing like you did yesterday. And I carried that, I think, the entire season. I don't think I got much better than the first day. Yeah. Because once you draw eyes a certain way, everybody has the same eyes. You know, you, you just come up real quick and you look busy. Yeah. But you're simply drawing the same person, you know. You just change your hair a little bit. And I, now I tell you that you'll see when you go, if you ever go watch, watch somebody from the one person to the next. And you're like, wow, that's almost the same person. Yeah, just. <laughs> yeah. It's so like they have a go-to thing. Yeah. Uh, you got your style. Yeah, you got you, your formula in your head. You yeah. just tweak it a little bit for hair, smile, nose shape. But it's almost the same nose. Just a little thinner, a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no way to determine how you're gonna come up with that face. It just it just happens. Yeah, and you just hope it works. So. <laughs> That's awesome. But it, it obviously taught you that experience. It feels like you couldn't have attempted a 365 day painting schedule without learning how to do that. Exactly, and that was 20 years ago. But that don't, yeah. that's totally due to that. Yeah, and yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't regret that yeah. whole experience at all. Do you look at your pictures? Because I would say not only are your paintings, you know, just striking from the sense of, for me, as a white guy looking at these African-American stories, like that's striking. There's right. something amazing about that. Um, and then just how powerful these images are. Um, do you look at them and think, oh, they're all the same? Or do you now have this this wide variety of tools and just think, do you look back and say, have this just like, man, this was a uh, an amazing thing I did? Do you have that sense of accomplishment? Well, I tell people, yeah, it was like the best school I could have ever gone to. Yeah. I mean, like it was, I learned a lot from it. Like you just have to paint. When you see you going down the wrong road, you don't have time to yeah. sit there and cry Fix about it. it. You need to just <laughs> Make put it down it and grab a new canvas and start over. Yeah. Because you need to get it done. Yeah. Because 30 people have already paid you and they're waiting and... You know, they're not, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. You're struggling with this one. They're ready for you to do theirs. So. Yeah. So so after Six Flags, then, when did you leave that? And did you jump into becoming a working artist? Or what? where did you go from there? Yeah, I did one season. And while I was there, um, I knew I didn't want to be there a second year. Right. And so I went home at night um, after calling my wife, who was in France, and telling her I wanted to quit. She's like, no, that's all I need to yeah. need money. Uh -huh. there. Is she going to school in France at this time? Or she yeah, because she was at SLU, and so she was doing um, exchange. Okay. So she was in Lyon. Learning how to be a pastry chef. No, not at all. Oh. She was just studying French. Okay. Yeah, she's a French and English major. So, okay, okay. Um, so I had to practice and get better. So I practiced. Um, they told me about this artist out of Germany, Sebastian Kruger. Mm -hmm. And I went and got his book. And I studied that every night, every day. And I, he did a book on the Rolling Stones. And okay. I just, every day I just looked at it. Looked how he was painting. Looked how he did the faces. And, and I just studied it. And then I did Tupac and Biggie using his paintings and using them. And using the same kind of style, color uh -huh. scheme. And. And then eventually started doing Snoop and some others, and, event, and then I wound up with a portfolio. And from Gramlin, one of my peers was now at Brad Page's magazine, mm -hmm. and I had this portfolio, and I didn't want to be a Six Flags, so I sent him the portfolio, and he accepted it. I've sent it to other people, had no response, but when I saw that connection, I was mm -hmm. like, I just gave it a shot, and he jumped on it, and then from there I got the... Uh, I was able to do the uh, where they do the review, album reviews, mm -hmm. RPM sections, what they called it, and I did every month. And you did like the album cover or a, no, a like painting of the artist. Like, yeah, like yeah. Too short one time. Slick Rick. That's how a long time ago it was. <laughs> and um, LL and all these people. And I did and MC Light. Funny enough, that's crazy. So yeah, I did these pieces, and then Violator Management 
They they managed uh, Biggie, not Biggie, um, Buster Rhymes and LL, um, Q-Tip, and um, Fat Joe. And they he asked me if I'd do an album cover for Violator, and I did. I, I did. I didn't know what I was doing. I yeah. didn't know how big it was, but. I mean, to this day, people this come into Sweetheart, and yeah. I used to have it hanging in the bathroom, and they come in the bathroom, especially they're out of town, and they come back out. Man, <laughs> you did Violator? And I'm like, wow, you, yeah. like, this is 20 years ago, man. You're still passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, the album's so dope. And it's like, so those little things, man, just, I just wound up getting blessed with great jobs that were monumental, so. Yeah, and and there's no, it's funny, there's, when you hear these stories of how people get to point A to point B. Obviously, you have to have talent and desire. Yeah. You got to go out and do it. Yeah. That's the main thing. But there's always these like moments of where you just meet this person and do this thing and somebody sees this and all of a sudden you have this album cover. Yeah, which would have not happened without Six Flags. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> right. Know, just thinking about that, that's bizarre. Like I would not have got there at all. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. I, I had heard a story recently, I can't remember, someone famous did the Boston, you know, the famous Boston album cover. Right. And I can't remember the illustrator, someone really famous, but it was one of their very early works. Okay. And how iconic, after all of these years, how people... Still. Still. Hold on to Those that, album covers, man. It's amazing. An iconic album cover can live forever. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. Um, so I'll post that, too, so you can, yeah. everyone can check and that out. And I did Prince's album cover uh, for Rainbow Children. Oh, you did? That's how me and Javier had our connection. Okay. So how many... So you did this for a while. This became a business? Or you became... No. Just... No. Uh, nope. Just um, people asking you. Yeah. He came in town. Um, sent his... People, Prince? Yeah. He came in to Edwardsville to okay. perform. Okay. Donated food to a place called Dignity House on Union. Okay. And folks that knew me and knew another artist, they said, you should hang your work because Prince might come by. And I'm like, all right, you know, that'd be great. And so we hung the work and Prince didn't come, but the women that were there that delivered the food, they took pictures. Yeah. And they took it back to him and he saw work that he liked. And Wow. Um, his people called me and said he saw some pieces and he liked to purchase three of them. And he bought three. And that was amazing. And... A year later, his people called again and said, he'd like to see if you got some more current work. And thank God I did. And, you know, he bought five more, and one of them he used his album cover. Wow. That's and amazing. now people still from all over the world yeah, reach out to me because I had my website in there, thank God. And yeah. Yeah. So that so you still sell prints of that, I'm sure. No, because he bought yeah. all rights to the image. Oh, he did? Okay. So I can't do anything with it. Yeah. But that's still. But now the original's hanging up in. Paisley Park, so wow. it's on tour. People are seeing it. Wow. And it's funny because when they first opened, you know, the people at Paisley Park had no idea who it was. And, and so people that were actually there on the tour were educating other people. They're like, this is Kababi. Yeah. And like, so that's crazy. So they'll hit me up on Facebook like, man, hey, you know who you were. Yeah. And I'm like, well, thanks, man. <laughs> wow. So there might be a little plaque now. So I, I yeah. bet. That's that's an incredible story. And were you uh, were you a fan of Prince? Obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like everybody else. Not like everybody yeah. else. There's some people who are serious. Yeah, you know, like of course. Hardcore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was an amazing artist. Oh, man. With amazing taste. Right. Right across there the words. That had, to, that had to seem like, like, wow, Prince, this man who's one of the most amazing artists with amazing taste. Yeah. He's I mean, this amazing. collection now. It's, that's bananas. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a big. Yeah, that was a sad thing about Prince. Oh man, just you don't think those things are ever gonna happen. No, never, not yeah. at all. Like, no, it'd be here three hundred years. Your your name, Kababi, yep. Bayak, is an acronym. It is. Yeah. Tell me what that. What does that stand so, for? So, creative black artists battling ignorance. Creative black artists battling ignorance. Yeah, and and you came to this. 
At Grambling. At Grambling. Okay. Yeah. So this has been a long time. So before I got to Grambling, I signed my artwork Sea Baby. Okay. And my name was Clifford. So okay. It just made sense to do Sea Baby. So, but when I got to Grambling, you know, and I started hanging around. You know, I was a military child before that. When I got to Grambling, historically black college. So there maybe the punter was white and a few other students, but everybody else was black. Yeah. And, I linked up with folks who are very pro-black and anti-government, anti-establishment, you know, reclaim your name, get rid of your slave name, blah, blah, all that's good stuff. Mm -hmm. So I needed a strong black name. Uh -huh. I already had C-Baby, so let me, let me just work with that. And, uh -huh. Yeah, changed the Y to an I and gave it his meaning, and, you know, this is going to define my life. And has so it? That's how I came with Kababi. Yeah. Yeah, now, now, you know, it's coming full circle. I'm, I'm really feeling it now. Yeah. It's like you throw that out there at a young age, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it sounds kind of heart's gonna be about something, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's and at that age you believe it. You're a very an idealistic yeah. human being in yeah. college. Even though I was just painting flutists and guitars and <laughs> anything that was cool, I wasn't really getting anything. I wasn't yeah, trying being to political be political statements not, not of all. right, not at all, right? So, and now, but now it almost feels like your work certainly from the fatherhood. You know, the perception of African-American fathers is yeah. one thing. And this this thing you went on truly lives up to exactly what you're talking about. And I knew it was an issue. Um, and I knew it was important to paint it. In the very beginning, I didn't think about there are only going to be black fathers. You know, I thought, I just, you know, I just didn't think about it. Yeah. Until a whole bunch of people started asking for them. And then I had to make a decision. You know, am I going to paint anybody and everybody? Yeah. You know, but of course, people are following me. They're throwing it out there before I am. Like, man, he's doing this project on Black Fathers. And I'm like, oh, well, I am. And he's like, <laughs> but then I have many followers who are white and all. And one woman was like, you know, my husband's uh, from somewhere in South America. I was like, ah, I can't yeah. <laughs> kill me to say that. Like, yeah. I got you 365 Black Fathers. Yeah. I mean, I just, I have to. And. A lot of people understood. Some got their family painting anyway. Just let me change, use the format of the photo, but make up characters just so they could be a part of the project. Um, but it turned into, yeah, this thing. At first it was just painting something every day, but because of the subject matter, it became something bigger, mm -hmm. you know? Like, so I didn't intentionally fall into my name and paint this series. Yeah. You know, somebody came to me and they said, you realize your project's political? I was like, no, not at all. They're like, it's like, um, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're painting, you, you said I'm going to paint Black Fathers. She's like, one, that's huge. Yeah. And two, the way black men are, stick, you know, signified in society, like, yeah, you're doing something major. And I was like, well, I didn't need, I didn't need to think about it like that. Yeah. I need to get through each day, so. Yeah. Do you, you see, know, do, you, do you see that now? <laughs> now I see it. Yeah. And I'm glad I did it. Again, once it was uncomfortable, but just made it work. And, you know, I paint anybody and everybody now because uh, when I did TED Talk, that's where I met Javier. Okay. For the first time in flesh, like, we met each other. Okay. And he went on stage before me and came back. And, um, yeah, we had this minor talk of him seeing my work with Prince. And and we talked after I did my TED Talk, and he's like, holy cow. He's like, you're such and such. It's like, yeah. I was yeah. Like, we just, it got weird. Because he knew the album cover. He knew my work. Yeah, of and course. the album cover. Yeah, yeah. And here we are on stage together. Yeah. But when I did my TED Talk and came off stage. And what was your TED Talk? Was it about the project? It was about the project, yeah. yeah. Um, the people who come, came up to me, um, several of them, they're older white families, a few men, one woman, talking about her husband. 
being moved by my talk and you know he was still moved couldn't talk to me you could just tell he was still emotional yeah um and just let me know that man you know this is home for everybody yeah you know i had to do black fathers because you know just proportionally what is what's going on in black community it just had to be addressed but it let me know that it's a lot bigger than that so um in my brain i'm still figuring out what that means going forward like yeah there's clearly Something I'm tied to now, you know. Um, yeah. Dad, project, my tattoos. So yeah. fatherhood is definitely going to be my yeah. Yeah. main vein yeah. here going out. Yeah. And it's it's funny because just talking to you, you are this artist. You're the one creating the work, and that's very personal and means a lot. And how it's, it doesn't feel as political to you as it does to that other people. And how how much art can truly change things, even though it comes from a very pure face and a, a very non-political storytelling place, yeah. right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, this is what I'm standing for, and it does take on political significance. And it even sounds like this, as it's grown, just the, the people getting to know this, and it's gotten bigger, that how you've now, this is who you've become, in a way, Yeah, right? That's it. At, at this, this person who's standing up for... Just this this issue and this this story, right? Right. That's that's amazing. That truly is amazing. Um, so so, tell me about the cafe. Is this your wife? And so you, your last name is also an acronym. Yeah. So Bayak, Blessed African Youth of Creativity. Blessed African Youth of Creativity. Yeah. And did you get this name at the same time? So while I was a grandland, I said I'm going to wait till I get married, and okay. whoever I marry, you know, we're going to create a last name together. So, so you said children we have a name from. Both parents and I just dad. Wow. And I met my wife and she was going to SLU. Okay. And we ran into each other at a show and um, I had an art show in Central West End. Okay. Hughes Fine Art is right there, Caddy Corner from Coffee Cartel. It's not there anymore, but that's where we met. And yeah, she was down with that. And um, yeah, that's how Bayout came out about. And yeah, that was 97 when we met. Okay. Yeah. And you sat down and said, all right, here's, here's how this is going. I said in college, I'm going to have a last name that I'm going to create with my yeah, wife. I don't even know how that conversation went. <laughs> I'm sure she asked me, do you have a last name? Right. <laughs> no. I, I was still legally Clifford Miss Gale. Right. Um, but I wasn't, you know, but I was going by Kababi. You know, that's how she met me. Yeah. That's what I, how I introduced myself to everybody. Yeah. Street name, whatever you want to call it, art name, you know. Yeah. But then, yeah, once we came up with last name, you know. So did you say, like, at some point when, did you wait till after you got married or did you tell her, no, we're going to, like, did you know? She's the no, woman I'm going to have our last name with. Her last names while we were engaged, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great story. Um, and so recently, how, how old is the cafe? So, Eight years. Okay. So 2000, I'm going on nine in December. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you, uh. And tell me where that came from. This is her baby, but you're yeah. deeply involved in this. Right, so... Yeah, she was selling cookies. Okay. And she she is she runs she does the sh the cooking there, baking. Yes, every all the food is hers. Is all her recipes, okay. everything. Okay. So, um, prior to that, she was selling stuff to, in Tower Grove Market. Okay. And from there, went to Deerberg's, not Deerberg's, um, Straub's, and they were selling cookies. But she just wanted to have better control of the quality because she didn't like how they were. Um, holding on to them, you know, it's, it was packaged, so they didn't know how people were getting them, but people would tell us once they bought them, you know, how the condition they were in. But she, So she wanted to have more control. Okay. So she wanted a space. Okay. And 
I had a studio down on, you know, down on Grand and Merrimack. And I can't remember if I reached any clothes or I was looking to close or what was where we were at that time. But I wanted a place to hang my work also. So we were like, let's just open something together. Let's do this. And then, yeah, we just thought about it and came up with the title and thought about, you know, Sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And that's what we decided to call it and opened up. Yeah, 2008 in December. Wow. And as, it is, like any business, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and at first it was just a bakery. Yeah. Um, but then some customers would come in and say, are you guys going to have fruit or salad or lunch or, you know. And so I guess we were like, yeah, eventually. Yes, we are. And then we slowly added a little lunch, and we actually had a small grill in the kitchen. And somebody was like, come on, you know you can't do that. You can't have a grill inside. Yeah. So, I mean, we were just trying to do whatever, man. And started making burgers and had a small lunch menu. So I was I was doing lunch in the beginning. And we were both, there were three or four of us. At the time, she just had two bakers. We had one counter person, had me, you know, and she was coming up with baking recipes. And it was just a bakery till we did lunch. And everybody was doing dishes. And yeah. it was just crazy in the beginning. And But now here we are and got like yeah, 13 employees. And she has five, six bakers. Um, it's just crazy to watch it evolve. But yeah. Yeah, she's a uh, man. Her, yeah, she's a uh, top of the line in my opinion. St. Louis food wise, baked yeah. goods. I think she has it sewed up. You know, I, and, and I say that respectfully for everybody else because I eat sweets anywhere. Mm-hmm. Sweet tooth, You're right? And I like everybody's food. You know, but yeah, I, she definitely has a touch. Yeah. Well, it's and I've, you know, it's it's a place that you go to for special things. I've been there to buy thing. You know, when you want something special to give. Sweetheart is the place. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a destination on that level, and it's terrific. Definitely. That's great. Yeah. And so your art's there. My art's hanging everywhere. All right. So right now, today, this moment, what are you working on? What Man, you, yesterday was amazing. I just did, um, I just got asked four weeks ago to do a four by eight foot mural or painting for um, the new Urban Sprouts building in, in Olivet. Um, I guess that's Olivet near Skinker. Okay. And it's a daycare, kids? It's a daycare. Cool. I, didn't, I didn't know what I said yes to. <laughs> um, I, one of her biggest supporters is um, the young lady that created Build-A-Bear. You mm. know, so, so I didn't even think about that. You know, and I put, put her in the painting. Oh, you did? Okay. So when she was there and she saw it, she, I mean, I, I was just like, whoa, like, wow, this is crazy. And then just this woman, man, just, you know, she just, she just came to the shop. And I wasn't even going to the shop that day, but she came in and said, I've been trying to reach you. I wanted to get in contact with you. You know, we're building a new building, and I'd love for you to do a mural. And I was like, Psh, great, because the timing was perfect. I needed it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Even though I had a lot of dad pains I needed to work on and, and a thousand other projects I was working on, there's no reason in the world I should have said yes to this. Right. But I did, and, yeah, it was done yesterday, and this building is you crazy. You finished it yesterday? Put it up yesterday? I finished it. Yesterday morning and okay. hung it yesterday. It was wow. due yesterday. Um, the groundbreaking was yesterday. Everything was yesterday. It had to be done. Wow. Um, but it, it hung and it it is. Um, yeah, this woman, man, she. Uh, it, it all worked out perfectly because you know working on a dad piece, um, other stuff that I paint. You know all of that she wanted in this painting, mm-hmm. and and, she, and I am passionate about you know painting my work so that. It attracts the eyes of black youth and mm-hmm. black children, and you know, and that's what she, they are solely dedicated to. I mean, they have they have children from everywhere, but specifically, 
um, they went from a profit business to a not-for-profit so they could take care of more kids. And, okay. Which a lot of people are talking about around the world. Like, that's what we need to focus on. Like, this woman's doing it. And the school's huge. They already got a wait list. But when you walk in, in the piazza right there, boom, she wanted to have my peace. And, and you need to grab people and, and speak to their mission. Um, so I just finished that. And, that you know, my brain's sitting on that now because what happened and how they transpired, I've always been all over the place with my art. Mm-hmm. Like, they got this dad thing. You know, before that, what else? I love to paint children. I mean, because, man, yeah, I just love painting children. They're a great subject to work on. Right. And I love flowers. I love birds. I love trees. And I got to put all this in that piece. And seeing it all together, it's like, wow. Like, I need, I need, I need to go somewhere with this. Yeah. Because she cried when I showed it to her, you know. Wow. So did she see sketches? or She did... saw a sketch. Okay. Three weeks ago. And then yesterday, uh, two days ago, I went to hang it undone like mm-hmm. almost done yeah and she looked at it she cried which is great because after working on it by myself yeah and not knowing like yeah we hope she it. and as soon as she looked at it she started crying i was like yeah i did a great job yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't done so you know the guy there who's doing the lighting for the groundbreaking he's like look he's like if you can have it done by 6 30 in the morning you know that's great for me and i was like that's great for me too so i'm gonna take it back to the studio and work on it all night and and next day, man, yeah, it really turned out great. And, um, yeah, it's a piece. It really, yeah, I really want to do more work like that now, um, which is still what I've been doing. But Yeah. And, and that is the, so so you had said that people are, are heading from not-for-profit schools to for-profit schools to help uh, edu- to help more people. Urban Sprouts did that. Yeah. She became a not-for-profit. Yeah. Oh, she became a not-for-profit so she can help more people. So she can help more children. Yeah. It's a, pre- it's a early pre- childhood. Pre- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so she commissioned this painting to yeah. tell this story. There's a power, like you've been asked, you've been given a, br- a brief. It's a storytelling brief, right? Yeah, she took me to the other school where they were. Yeah. They had two campuses. She wanted to put everybody in one. Okay. And she was like, yeah, this is what we're studying and... You know, we're doing greens, so that played a big part in what I was going to create using that. And then they were studying birds, which is perfect because I got a whole bird mission I'm on. And so that came in. That worked. Um, And then, yeah, she wanted herself. She wanted her partner in there who's been with her since the beginning. And this couple uh, that are biggest supporters, so they had to be in it. And she wanted this piazza feel and this space like in so i just assume this common area and use some musicians which i love painting them too so i got some kids playing music and outdoor scenes you got trees you got flowers i mean all this was in one painting so it was overload but it worked out great you know i can't stop looking at it on my phone so (laughs) i will post that too wow Congratulations. And so you want more of these, these murals, these, these are not even just that mural, but I want to work pieces like that, you know, even even if it's not that big, you know, just any canvas, I think it'd be super cool to hold the way they hold all those elements work together. And I look at a lot of other artists doing it. Yeah. Like that's what they do. Yeah. And I've always been like, man, that's cool. And then to do it. And I was like, I get it now. I see why. And that's how, what some people do, like, you know, part of a face and flowers and yeah. some words, and they just got all this going on there, part of a music instrument. And it makes sense to them, and it makes sense to the people looking at it, and I get that. So I want to do that. You know? Okay. So that's where you're evolving to. I'm evolving there and everywhere else, man. Yeah. I got a Birds and Words project I'm working on. Um, I got to launch a Kickstarter on Father's Day. And, yeah, I've been doing these cool little birds and the branches that spell out just positive affirmations like faith and love and care and share and don't judge and 
you know, just written in branches with these three little funky birds and represent my children and just children in general and just what parents would want their children to use as, you know, just simple principles to guide them through life. Like, so I'm doing all that digital on my iPad. Okay. Um, but had, now, yesterday, doing this big piece and painting one of the birds big, I'm like, ooh, it'd be great to do one of them big. So uh-huh. I get inspired every time I do something on there or I do something on canvas. They're all, I want, I want to find a happy medium where they all collide together. So, and of course, Father's Day is coming up next weekend. So I'm, I got a lot of portraits to finish between now yeah. and next weekend. Yeah. Um, which I know I can do because I have. And right. I just did this crazy marathon piece. And so I just got to get out of my own way and just paint. So, All right. Very good. Yeah. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great to meet you. And thank you very much for coming down. Right on. Your story's awesome. Appreciate keep, it, man. Keep on keeping on. Got you. Thanks, Kababi. Thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> <laughs>